use. So he's in there, you know, there was bathrooms, there was electricity, and he basically made it into an apartment and did it on the low for years. Nice. That's that's crazy. That, that would be awesome. so nice. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine living at the ballpark every day? Yep. And back in the day, there was less security. All You could get away with those things back then, you know? Yep. Just bust into the hot dog stand and <laughs> you got everything. It's like a movie. <laughs> they should make a movie about it. They should. They should. You, you guys see that uh, that thing on Twitter just just before we kick this thing in? Uh, I can't remember who posted it, but it was basically showing the Best Buys locations across like North America or the U.S. or something. Like, and it'd go really quick through the years, and it's just crazy how it just like builds up, builds up, builds up, and then all of a sudden it just starts like disappearing. It's crazy. <laughs> no, yeah. I haven't seen that. Speaking of movies, I gotta see that. All right, boys, you ready to kick this in or what? Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. Okay. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. Trade's not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait Fish. Welcome back, Fantasyland, to the district where winners love to hang. And I love to hang with these two guys. To my left, we've got the man with the flow. He's wearing some a serious top, too. I want, I want to see that. Oh, that's a Minnesota. I love that. Look at that. Nice golf shirt, Vikings shirt. The Heck flow's yeah. in full effect. And then below us, we've got our boy, the OG Fantasy. Dan, I'll go back to you first, man. How's it doing? Dude, you're looking good today. You tell me you're busy running around. I don't see you much on Twitter, but you're looking good, dude. Looking good. Yeah. Huh? It's, you know, uh, one, of the, one of those rare days off from work and a uh, bazillion things to do, so running around like crazy. But, um, yeah, I, I've been excited about uh, getting on this pod all day. You know, it's just like uh, I, I have not spent enough time thinking about uh, fantasy football over the past week. So this is my chance to just, uh, you know, really indulge myself. So let's, let's do this thing. Agree, man. Agree. I, it feels every day feels like that now. Just crazy <laughs> groundhog day, busy, 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 running, running. And then we finally get to sit down with a beer and our boy, the OG fantasy Theo, man, you've just become the third co-host of the show. I mean, every week I'm like, it, I, I can't not bring Theo on, man. He's got so much goodness <laughs> yes. to share. Thanks for coming on, brother. You know, we, we love having you on. And uh, yeah, welcome back to the district, man. 
No, I'm stoked. I mean, it's kind of been like a slow, slow drip. It's been, you know, <laughs> weeks and weeks of just talking NFL draft. And now yes. it's one week away. Bring it. It's like, it's yeah. just, it's, it's a little surreal this year because you have all these guys that are going to get drafted in the top 10 picks. Usually we only have a few fantasy relevant players to talk about in the, you know, first round. And then the day two is our day, but it seems like a week from now, we're just going to be freaking out. It's going to be awesome. It's crazy, right? It's it's literally like a week today in Cleveland. Uh, FFPC drafts, we know they're 15 days, I believe, most yep. of them. I maybe. 15 mm-hmm. a bit, maybe, yep. maybe just under 16 days. Uh, so tonight, I mean, we got rookies. And and we're, we're, we're going to try to help you guys figure out the, the tiers, right? Because right now, you're managing your rosters. We're going to touch on managing your rosters as we approach the NFL draft. But where do you want to be in the draft, depending on, you know, who your target is, what your what players you're looking at, what position you're thinking of. So we're going to be going over all that tonight, helping you get ready and your rosters for what's coming up in a week in Cleveland. And to do that, we bring in a special guest. It's we could call this 420 ish because, you know, the man was busy on the holiday itself but uh you know he made time for us this week we appreciate it and we're happy to have our boy mike at fantasy stoner brother welcome to the goat district well what's going on guys thanks for having me you look all happy and shiny oh geez over there looking like brock lesnar <laughs> somebody else said that somebody else said that to me this week. I, never, I, never uh, I guess i gotta yeah. grow my hair out a little more or something like that Hey, yep. it could be the lighting, you know, making your skin all red. You just look like Enid Lesnar, even though you're smiling. Hey, Lesnar's a good Minnesota guy. Yeah, he is. I threw a little Minnesota tie in there. I like mm-hmm. that. Yes, indeed. Yeah, see, Mike and I are working on opposite ends of the skull. He's working on the bottom <laughs> end. I'm working on the top end. We got, yeah. we got Between us, we have the bases covered. Yeah, it hasn't grown up there in quite some time. So I, I went the Jordan yes. route way back yeah, in the there you day go. and just shaved it. You know, I figured it, it got him on the cover of Wheaties. Let's see what it can do for me. I'm still waiting. Uh, well, I'm waiting to see what the baldness can do for me. But, yeah, 420 was fun, man. It was, uh, it was a good day. It was kind of busy. Um, I was up at, I'm usually up at like five in the morning anyway, but this you time I set, my, I set my alarm for 4 a.m. <laughs> to get up and, you know, had, had a fat blunt twisted up and smoked at at 4.20 in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I like going outside and taking a walk and so it was, it was nice. The weather wasn't too chilly um, and it gotten cold the last few days, but Tuesday was really nice, so. It was nice to take a walk and burn that in the morning. And then, you know, I think I was probably up for like an hour and went back to sleep until I woke up and network. Yeah, I have a real job, too. I'm sure people are surprised at that. They think I'm just like the dude on the couch that just gets high and takes a nap all day. I mean, I do I do that often. Don't get it twisted. But I do actually have like a real job that I work, you know, nine to five-ish. So... I, I guess like portfolio wise, because I, I mean, I, see, I mean, we interact on Twitter. I see you a lot on Twitter. That's why I wanted to have you on. I, I, I always say on the show, like I love people who just bring positive energy to fantasy land, 
And you do that right. most of the time. I have yeah, my well, most of the time. But 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 even even if you don't, I mean, I don't think people take it the wrong way just because you you have a way, right? That some people just have a way, and and you know I appreciate yeah. that with 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 what you spread out there in Fantasyland. I think also you know you're reading a text, so when I say something in my head, or if I say it out loud, it comes off a little bit different. You, you know, you get the inflection, you understand how the meaning behind it, whereas. If you're just reading it on a text, I don't know, maybe you had a bad day. Maybe you just had a fight with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. So now you're reading that in a way that triggers you and maybe you're taking it completely different than it should. So as many times as I throw things out there that kind of, you know, fuel the fire and stir the pot and irk some people. Yeah, I'm, I'm rarely, I'm, I'm never doing it to intentionally be malicious to someone. Um, sometimes I'm just a, an asshole and, you know, I say whatever, uh, but I oftentimes will screen myself. There's a lot of stuff that I delete, man. You should see when I go through my drafts and delete the things that I didn't say. And I'm like, ooh, that would have been taken way off, you know? Like, let me just read that from an unbiased, like, you know, perspective from, from a consumer rather than a producer of this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to send that one. We'll just... We'll scroll past it and keep going. But yeah, I mean, I, I try to get in there. So what do you what are you asking? Where where's the question in there? No, I was gonna say, so if anyone who, you know, sees you out there maybe doesn't know you as well, give us an idea what your your fantasy portfolio looks like. Like are you you know, are you mixing it up with dynasty? Are you doing any best balls? You play mostly redraft? Yeah, like, I I, I had um way too many leagues the last few years. So I've actually cut down um I should be under twenty total leagues between redraft and dynasty this year that would probably include you know my couple home leagues that i still do that are redraft leagues and then you know the scott fish bowl that i got invited to which was dope nice. i'm still trying to figure out my two musicians to 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 put in as my potential league divisions whatever but um yeah, so, I mean, I kind of do all that, and I'd like to get into doing more best ball stuff. I just didn't do it last year because there was other stuff. I'd, I I was, a, you know, a big Rona hit, and every day somebody wants to do a mock draft, and I'm like, cool. And then three out of ten mock drafts become become leagues, and you're like, this isn't what I signed up for. Like, why do I keep saying yes to all this? But we didn't have anything else to do, so – Last year was kind of rough. I didn't feel like I had enough time and energy to put into it all. Um, so I, I cut back a lot of leagues. I, I got out of some, you know, and again, a, a lot of people were in the same boat. They were like, yeah, let's just get rid of this shit. Because, yeah. I mean, we just did this because of Big Rona. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to do some more best ball. I'd like to get into learning some more DFS stuff. I just think that's fun. I think mm -hmm. that adds a new little twist to it, especially if you're – you know, if you're in a handful of leagues and your teams are already shitting the bed and you're out of it, now you kind of have a little something else, something else to get you going through the week instead of, instead of you know, fucking putting a lineup in there for losing teams again. That sucks. <laughs> That's just no fun. Yeah, you do. You do a league with uh, John Hansen, don't you? Am I incorrect about that? Everybody thought that was me. Oh, it's a different guy, huh? Yeah, there's another guy that they were calling the stoner, and I don't know what his yeah. handle is. <laughs> um, but, yeah, everybody kept thinking it was me, and it wasn't. 
Um, so I kept telling John Hanson, like, stop referring to that dude in that manner on yeah, your show. Yeah, I mean, you're the stoner. I mean, you're the yeah, only stoner. But we, we yeah. chatted about That's it. That's identity stuff. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, had a, we had a good time with it. We laughed about it. And, you know, I told him, I'm like, now you just got to get me in the league with him and then you know, the winner becomes the stoner. The yes. Man, the real one. Yes. So. That's exactly what it should be. Cage match. We'll yeah. see if that works out. Shout out to Keith. Yeah, like, here. It was cool. The Scott Fish Bowl, I got to play against Matthew Barry last year. That was fun. Nice. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I requested to be in his division. Um, I didn't do great. I did make it to the playoffs, but I beat I beat Barry heads up one on one. All that matters, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm undefeated against him. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I forget. Yeah, I'm gonna add that to my LinkedIn profile. Yeah, you I'll should do that. Know. I mean, it's almost time to retire then. I mean, if you yeah, you know, that's what I was going against Barry. Like, hey, you know, <laughs> hey, I, mean, I need to quit a little bit. You know. Uh, but yeah, I kind of do it all. I, I love I love that uh, Sunday morning interaction. It gets a little hectic and crazy. There are a lot of people that are just rapid fire at asking questions, and you know, you get into this Discord and you're an- answering questions for these people, and you know, so it's a lot of fun. It's it's definitely, uh, I, I you know, at the end of the year when you get those DMs and you get those tweets that people are like, dude, thanks for. Thanks for all your help. You know, I, I won my work league. I, I beat my brother-in-law finally. Like, that stuff is, I think that that's what's most fun about it all. Just hearing yeah. that shit at the end of the year. That's and awesome. Of course, I like to win. I'd rather, I like to win my own. But if I can't win my own, I like to know that I helped somebody, somebody pull off a title. For sure. For sure. Casey McCoy says it right. Why say no when... When say, when say so good to say yes, it feels so yeah, good. Yeah, when it feels so I good to say yes. Right? We, we all get stuck with too many leagues and then have to kind of readjust, you know, going into the offseason. I did a lot of that going into this offseason. Now, look, tonight we're going to talk a lot of draft. And from what I understand, you're a 49ers fan. Am I correct? That is correct, yes. You, you, mu- you must be – thrilled excited pumped for this this i mean cautiously optimistic at this point um to be honest i was super excited i was like look we're getting justin fields we're getting trey lance we're getting a quarterback that can run every play in shanahan's offense the way that he pictures it in his fucking head and now i'm hearing that everybody thinks it's mac jones so I don't want Mac Jones. I don't feel like you would make that trade for Mac Jones. I think he's a dude they could have gotten up. You know, they were sitting at 12. They really wanted him. They could have moved up to eight and snagged him and not traded away, you know, your future. Um, I just don't feel like you're making that move for him. I think that was all bullshit. The question is, is it Justin Fields or Trey Lance? My heart wants Trey Lance. He's like the, the underdog kid who I just feel like is going to be a beast when he gets out there. Um, I feel like Josh Allen, you're going to see some Josh Allen in that kid. Um, but he may even be, I mean, more accurate from, he should be more accurate from the start than Josh Allen was. But he's a big body dude who is just going to run people over, man. He's just going to be Cam Newton, but he can throw the ball. I mean, 
Like that's a scary thought. When Cam Newton came in the league, he was a he was a baller. That mm-hmm. kid could play. He struggled throwing the ball. Luckily, he had guys that could go up and get it for him. Guys that can make plays. He had Greg Olson. He could count on. But if that dude knew how to put the ball somewhere, like they say Trey Lance can, Jesus Christ, that's scary. But here we have the potential of Mac Jones. So I don't know, man. I'm cautiously optimistic. But I think Justin Fields is probably the right pick. Um, He just feels like the right pick. He feels like a dude that can step on the field and be ready to go day one. Yeah. And then you you can get rid of Jimmy G, man. That's $23 million you're saving. Yeah. Yeah, I love you, Jimmy. You're handsome as fuck. Your chiseled jaw is so beautiful. But (laughs) it's time for you to move on. Go back to New England. Yeah, I think oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, with a week to go, you get your wish and, and they go with one of those guys who I think have such a higher upside than Mac Jones. Yeah. Like you, you, you traded you trade the whole farm to get Kirk Cousins um, by getting a guy like, like Mac Jones. I, I don't think he'll be horrible, but I don't see him as an upside guy. <laughs> I'm a huge Justin Fields guy, and I, and I, I, I really think it's, it's a week to go. There could be a lot of uh, smoke being blown there. Um, the 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 Vegas odds for the pick keep going back and forth on these guys. I I'm really hoping it's going to be Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. It Second just to... seems like this. It seems like the smart pick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. John, uh, that, that that offense, John, of Justin Fields, is just scary. It's just flat is, out is, scary. Jones is the favorite, right? Right now, according to to Vegas. Or what is... I saw most recently was Jones was like minus one thirty, and Fields was like plus 150. So it's real close if it was a boxing match or something like that. And that could, mm-hmm. could get tight as the week goes on. But, I mean, who knows at this point? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely some smoke screening going on with Jones. I, I, I would be surprised if that was who they traded up to get. I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, I think they had to have at least decided, well, you know, that's that's if that's what we end up with, we'd be okay with it. But I, I really think they're shooting higher than that. And yeah. for me, Fields is definitely the one. I mean, you know, you you, you put I, – I, I think Fields is just – I'm just surprised at all the, the negative, you know, uh, attention that's around Fields right now. You know, every, everybody is kind of, you know, kind of uh, pushing them down in their mock drafts and everything else. And I just – I really feel like, yeah, it, he's probably got the highest upside of anyone in this draft. I, I mean, like, even I of like Trevor Lawrence. Some, I feel like there's some Belichickian shenanigans behind this yeah, Justin Fields exactly. Lander campaign. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I mean, it's, it's you know, because the, the guy is just, I mean, you know, he's he's got the basically the arm talent of Lawrence. He's got better legs than Lawrence. Um you know, it, and he's smart it, too, right? I mean, granted, Ohio yeah. State's not the best school in the world, but he's—I think he's shown to be an intelligent kid. Right, exactly, yeah, and that's a—that's a super important point. And the thing is, you know, it—it—it, it, it, you know, it—you can look at the arm talent and everything else you want to look at, um, you know, as far as physical attributes of any quarterback. But what's going to matter is when you get into the NFL, what's going on right in here, in that basically two seconds you have to process all the information that has to be processed. If you can process that fast, it doesn't matter, you know, what else? I mean, you know, look at Tom Brady. I mean, you know, he was never that great of an arm talent. He was never that great of an athlete, but he's got it right up here. 
you know, and if you got that going on, you're going to be a success. Yeah, that picks up a split second on a ball. If you don't right. have the zip to get that out, but you process it quick enough, right? I mean, that picks up that little bit of time that you need when you don't have the zip on the ball. Yeah. I just, I've actually been thinking there's that show on, uh, it was called QB1 or something on Netflix, right? I forget the name of the show, but it was about quarterbacks in high school. Justin Fields was one of the dudes right. that they chronicled yeah. on the show. And I haven't seen it in years, but I'd be interested to go back and take a look at it and yeah. kind of see him from now, from mm-hmm. then until now and see how he's progressed. Just doing some of the, some of the typical normal things. It doesn't have to be a fucking deep dive into everything that he does, but I'd be curious just to see how he's grown since then. John right, exactly. makes a great, uh, great point about the Ohio state thing. But like you guys said, Fields was a can't miss prospect. He's been this big time prospect at the Georgia. Um, and you know, he was good there, goes to Ohio State, wins the job. And it's like people forget the 2019, just pulling up his stats. The guy goes 41 touchdown passes to three interceptions in the Big Ten. And it's like mm-hmm. we want to nitpick. And then anybody who can just turn on that Clemson game and, oh, and watch that game and, and not want that guy on their team is just it's like what am I missing here? The guy runs in right. four fours and he's deadly accurate. I mean, I think he could be an absolute star. He could be the kind of guy um, to challenge quarterback one overall um, in, right. in fantasy football down the road. And he, and he played hurt too. I mean, two cracked ribs. Yeah. I mean, you know, find me another quarterback who can do everything he was doing with two cracked ribs. No, absolutely. Pretty tough. Yeah, I'm down for Justin Fields to be my quarterback of the future as a Niner fan. I really yeah. hope that that's the route that it goes. Oh, if, cool. he, if he goes to the Niners, I mean, that's that's QB1 material. And if it right happens there, to be draft. Trey Lance, I, that, I... Yeah, that's good. And I've contended from the start that if they're, if they're intending on keeping Jimmy, like maybe Trey Lance is the dude. Right. And then Jimmy's going to start this year or at least a portion of it and give Lance time to just learn a little bit. But who knows? That team is built to win right now. Yeah. They they have some holes. They need some depth. But that team is built to win. Right. Yeah. And they're good enough to even carry Garoppolo, you know, if they need to for long enough until whoever they pick at three is ready to take the reins. Very true. Because if not Jimmy G, you're stuck with Josh Rosen – and uh, whoever that other clown, Nate Sudfeld, they just right. signed the other day. Those are your backups to a rookie. So I don't know if that's a great idea. Right, exactly. I think they got to hang on to Jimmy G. You know, I kind of see it as being the the scenario that played out a few years ago with Alex Smith and uh, Kaepernick. Yeah. You know, and and Smith ran with the team. You know, and then and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, he got hurt. He got he got out. Kaepernick got in, and uh, you know, they they didn't put Alex Smith back in. See, I was I was gonna go to I was gonna go to KC Dan, and I, it's yeah. I, it, it, well, if they can do the full Mahomes, great. Just, just because, um, actually, I was gonna bring this article up today. Shout out to Theo who got me uh, all excited about signing up for the Athletic. But really good article uh, here by Robert Mays, and they talk about that how the the 49ers going into this draft, they're looking like KC. When they brought in Mahomes, you know, they had all the weapons. The, the team was just ready to go to the next level. They just needed that quarterback. But then, like you said, they had Alex Smith. 
gave him a bit of time and then the rest is history, right? He kind of sat in the Ferrari and, and drove that, <laughs> drove that into the end zone. Um, but no, I, I just, I, I wanted to just, uh, cause we talked about the, the odds. I'm surprised about this. I don't know if I'm missing something, but Justin Fields right now, plus 140 to be the third pick overall. Trey Lance plus 150. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, I mean, plus 2000. I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing Mac Jones on here. So I don't know if it's because he's like the absolute favorite and I'm just yeah, not. He's got to be on there. Yeah, he's, he's definitely he's not there. even an option. Anyways, I'll come back to that. Um, so he looks like a milk. He looks like a bag of milk. That's what someone said to me before, <laughs> and I, I found that to be hysterical. And I, I can't have a bag of milk as my quarterback. It just, I can't. Mike's just Mike. Sometimes we go the whole show without an air horn. You got it within the first like thirty seconds, and not, I think you're on number two or three right now. Yeah. Um, before we go further, you talked about the depth that this team needs. I mean, they've got what nine picks, nine picks overall. They got three fifth rounders, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. What would you like to see? Like, what is something you'd like to see with once we well, get into you know past I mean, that first round? You know, from a fantasy perspective, I think they do need to add to their wide receiver room. Um, I think they lost Kendrick Bourne. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're going to need to bring in another guy. That could be someone they, they pick in the second round, depending on, you know, if any one of those guys drops down, if Mitchell or, or Marshall would drop down a little bit or uh, any one of those fucking lollipop guild. <laughs> Tony or the or the Moore brothers, Rondell or Elijah. All three of the guys that are the next Tyreek Hill that everyone keeps saying is the next Tyreek Hill. I mean, it could be one of those guys, but they really need quarterback. They need interior offensive linemen. They really need a center. Like if Creed Humphrey would be a guy that I would love to see them try to move up even to the, the end of the first to grab him, uh, the center from Oklahoma. But that's not, you know, that's not fun for fantasy purposes. But it, it is, though, because, yeah. I mean, that's that's a weak spot in their offensive line that helps most start, that helps – Kittle that helps everybody on the offense. So, um, so realistically speaking, I'd love for them to maybe grab a corner or an interior offensive lineman with their second pick. That would probably be a good spot for them to trade up or down. Um, and then their third pick could be, I know people, somebody in here loves Tommy Tremble, right? <laughs> he loves Tremble. <laughs> I'm, all I'm, Tommy Tremble I'm a Notre yep. Dame fan, so I, I like Tommy. Um, he could be the, the, the target in the third round. But I think with them re-signing Juice, that he's probably not going to be someone they bring in. Right. Um, I could see them going wide receiver there in the third. Like Tylen Wallace would be a, a good compliment. Um, so maybe somebody like that. But, yeah, I don't know. They, they got some holes to fill. There are other guys that they can snag later in that, that fifth round. When they have all those picks, there are centers they could grab there. I think Drake Jackson from Kentucky, and there's a kid from Stanford. Uh, there's a guard from Notre Dame that I really like. So, you know, there's some some guys they could pick up later in the draft to fill the offensive line. So, from a fantasy perspective, maybe going wide receiver in the second round would be would be pretty dope. I mean, I've always liked Rondell Moore. I don't care how big he is. I've always been a fan of that dude. And, I don't know. He seems like somebody that Shanahan could have some fun with. 
Dan, yeah, Dan, Dan and I Jack. wouldn't be mad about that. That's for sure. Because we just picked them yeah. up. Wait, which draft was that in, Dan? Was that the depot or was that the money league? I think it was the depot, no? As our fifth fifth or sixth receiver? Uh, we picked up uh, we picked up uh, the other more. Uh, oh, I'm thinking I'm totally, yeah. that's totally, that's right. I think here's yep. the thing. Everybody thinks all these receivers are going to hit, right? Like last year we had a bunch of dudes and CD was awesome and, you know, limited time with, with Dak even, and Justin Jefferson was great. And I think Judy's going to be good and Pittman's going to be an okay player. Um, but all of these wide receivers we have coming in this year can't be superstars, right? Right. Like somebody has to fail. Right. I mean, same, somebody same has to take time or take time to progress like Devontae Parker did, you know? You're not just going to come in and be Justin Jefferson. Like Jamar Chase is probably going to be that dude who – who does that, but you know, I, all those Alabama receivers and like everybody else isn't going to be guaranteed to be able to do that. So I hate all these comps when you hear Tyreek Hills and they're this guy and they're like, no, just let them, let them play a little bit. I like the old school comps when we retire, you know, we find an old retired guy like Steve. <laughs> I like the Steve Smith comp. Like, yeah, Which yep. one of these guys is going to be Steve Smith? That's who I want to see. Yeah. Yep. You know. Well, yeah. Hill, Hill's also kind of a one-off. You know what I mean? Like to say that he's the next Hill White because the guy's fast. Right. Every everybody because well, no, he's, he's small. Like, so. That's why because they're yeah. tiny. Like, yeah. They're five eight receivers. That's and, and and Hill is a total outlier too. I mean, you know, and so exactly. trying to comp everybody to an outlier is just like you know. That's mm-hmm. a losing proposition to start with. And also, I mean, you know, the whole thing I hate about comps is just the fact that everybody is comp to somebody fantastic. You know, nobody's ever comping anyone to, uh, you know, <laughs> you know like not even Dwayne Bow or anything like Kevin that. White. You know, Kevin White. You know, He's a Kevin White comp for sure. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, yeah, you're nobody, right, though. You're right. Yeah. It, you know, so it's like always, it's always the good side of the comp, you know, it's like, well, he could be this, you know, yeah, in a perfect world, he could be that, but, you know, there's also all this. three of those guys and, and, and Waddle is another guy that I've heard is going to yeah. be Tyreek Hill. Exactly. Yeah, Waddle is definitely getting the Tyreek. <laughs> yeah, we got five Tyreek Hills in the league. Like, this yeah, is- yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the odds are, the odds are. Let's let's be honest. The odds yeah. are, it's going to be twenty years before we see another Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, you know. So let's let's just stop chasing the fantasy. I know it's fantasy football, but still, you know, you you got to be realistic. I mean, fantasy football. Uh, players are the most optimistic people in the world. I'm 100% convinced of that. Nobody is more optimistic than us. I mean, you know, we we look at everybody. You know, we see their peak season, and we think that's what their that's what their baseline is now. Especially you with know? rookies. Especially yeah, with rookies. yeah. And then well, rookies. And as you know, every as, rookie as soon as we plant be... our flag in somebody too. Oh yeah, gotta, exactly. Yeah, we got to ride or die with that guy. We're like that. <laughs> like we're not listening to anything. You know, like right, exactly. You know, and I'm sitting there. I'm, I I I feel like um, you know I'm I'm a little bit out on my own, but I'm always like on the other side of it. I'm like thinking of all these ways that people can fail, and I'm like I'm sometimes I struggle to find enough guys. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I really want to draft this guy, you know, because I'm looking at the ways he can fail rather than the ways he can succeed. But on the other hand, you can't go too far down that road either, because you know. 
if you don't take a chance on a Stefan Diggs, if you don't take a chance on guys like that, you know, you, you're never going to get one, you know, a George Kittle, uh, you know, you're not going to get guys like that. If you don't sit there and, and be able to look at the positives, Chase Claypool, another one. So, yeah, those guys, like, I mean, Kittle and Diggs and those guys, like you said, are outliers, but yep. you can see traits in guys like Kittle and Diggs. And those are the things that I always try to remember. Um, so those are the kind of comps that I really like to make, especially with active players. Like, ooh, that guy reminds me of Kittle when he blocks. Right. That guy reminds me of Diggs when he goes up for that ball. Right. You know, rather than saying he looks like Stephon Diggs out there. Right. Like, and I, those it, are the things that make me say, hey, that dude can be a really good player. Because yeah, he does yeah. that like Diggs does that. And look how good Diggs can be. And sometimes it's the non-fantasy relevant stuff that players do, you know, like, uh, you know, Green Bay, you know, they're they're looking for wide receivers who can block downfield, you know, and that's one of the first traits they're looking for. And they're like, well, if you can catch the ball, that's cool. But we got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So, you know, even if you're not that great at catching the ball, we'll figure it out, you know, but they would just want guys who can block downfield good. So I was very surprised they didn't sign Corey Davis. He just seemed like the right. Right, yeah. Agent wide receiver for them for that reason also because he's right. a big dude that will block down the field. Yes, I, yeah. I feel like I feel like Corey needed to go into a similar situation as Tennessee, where he needed someone ahead of him. Like he needed, yeah. he he can't be the one. Like in my opinion, yeah, I, and I don't know that Mims is like I feel like Mims is kind of in the same role. Like I feel like they're both. Like Green Bay was perfect. He would have had to yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah, because Corey Davis, he can be the 1B, but probably not the 1A. You know, like he, he, he can be a number two. He can be a 1B, but not a not a 1A or a 1. 100%. Okay, guys, before we get, you know, kind of. But everybody who loved him back then still thinks he has the potential to be an alpha. All right. Yes, exactly. True. Before, and, and before still you go, JD, I got I got a question for Mike before we get off of San Francisco. Let's do it. All right, handicap the backfield for me. All right, we got Moster. We got. Uh, He's asking got for a friend, by the way. Yeah, I'm totally asking for a friend. You got Moster. You got Wilson. We just added Gallman, and then there's uh, still Hasty lurking in the background. What do you think? Yeah, I thought going into the draft that uh, running back might be a, a position they would they would use one of those fifth round picks on. Right. Um, but now that they brought in Gallman, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, Raheem's going to be the starter. I, I mean, I can't see him not being the starter. Uh, but Wilson is a guy that I really, I really like Wilson. Oh, yeah. He just does. Right, he does everything. Good answer, Mike. <laughs> yeah, he does everything perfect for that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, he steps up when he needs to. And. I mean, law of averages says that these guys at that position are going to get hurt at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say injury prone. I don't think it's about that. I just think you play at a position that you're you're just bound to get hurt, man. You're taking lumps. So he's yeah. going to have a chance to probably start a few games. Um, I think, you know, let's just say all told they're all healthy. Um, Raheem would probably be around the 50% of the touches mark maybe maybe i don't i don't think i don't know if any one of them will hit 50 percent. right 
to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Wilson though. I like Wilson to be a guy that'll score some touchdowns, dude. He might, he might snipe that job from, from Raheem if he has a, a couple bad games. Or, or you're getting him. Injury, right? I think they're, I think they're all going to be good value now. Um, it just depends on what you need. If you need a good RB three, you're going to draft Raheem and whatever. I don't even, I wouldn't even know where he's going right now. The seventh round, maybe. I mean, right. I, yeah. I, and, uh, I don't think he's going that late. Um, sixth, maybe. Yeah, the well, sixth. depends on whether you're talking bus ball or dynasty. Yeah. I just, I haven't done anything for anything. I've stayed away. I've gotten tired of, like you said earlier, there's been so much just draft talk mm-hmm. um, since, since the end of the season. And at this point, it's just tiring. Everyone's putting out mock drafts and they're all the same. And I just wanted to get, I just wanted to get started and be done with. <laughs> and then we can get to our rookie drafts, which is, right. obviously, yeah. you know, one step closer to the season starting. Yep. Mike, do you yeah, have, Jeff uh, Wilson's the guy that I love in that backfield. By the way, do you have a, uh, do you have a, do you have a hard out tonight? Do you have a curfew or anything that we need to uh, pay attention to? No, All right, good stuff. Because because we, we just finished like the pregame. That was like the pregame intro warm up right there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine. I tend to ramble sometimes. <laughs> no man, dude, it's all good, man. Honestly, this conversation has been awesome. Uh, I just want to remind the people. A, we love you and thank you for tuning in, watching the show. Please smash the subscribe button. You can tap the like button and maybe nudge the reminder button on any of those shows we got coming up. We got a lot of good stuff coming up, man. Theo, I know you've been lining up some serious guests. Uh, April 28th, we've got the mega live rookie mock where we've got some bangers. Top end Devi professionals in fantasy land coming on the show to do a live rookie mock on the 28th. On May 3rd, we got the True North Fantasy Football crew coming in for balling for, for a live best ball episode. And then... I love those guys. Those guys are awesome. Our, our friends from the North. Right I love yes. them. Yes. I love our friends from the North. True North, man. Bunch of good guys over there. Will's going to jump on with them. Trav. Um, yeah, so hit it, hit it up. Subscribe. Oh, uh, what was that? The fifth, right, uh, Theo? We've got Josh Larkey coming on. Josh on the Larkey's fifth. coming on. Yep. Yep. Again, we've dropped Vicaro on May twelfth. There bring, you go. Bring your bring your notepad, boys. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we're 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 we, we've got a uh, double five hundred thousand, half a milli. Well, let's see. No, one of them was two hundred fifty thousand. The other one was five hundred thousand. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, um, Abib, yeah, yep, yeah, he's so he's gonna be times. on, and that's, yeah, back to back winner of the uh, football guys championship, just an incredible, incredible fight. One of the best, one of the best players in the world right now. If not that's best. impressive. Oh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's impressive. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you've got a huge field there to beat out, and he did it twice in a row. I mean, it has to show that there is some semblance of skill involved. Oh yeah, right? I mean, right, absolutely. Well, we had we we had uh, Austin on same thing. Uh, I, I believe more. He's a multi winner. No more than once. Dan, am I mistaken? It, it, there? I mean, he's got the one. Uh, he's got the one big one with the uh, playoff challenge, and he's one. He's he's finished well, but never uh, up top like okay. that. 
you know, that's uh, that's a completely doing it twice. Yeah, like, like you say, it's um, it's a tough feat, and uh, it definitely shows skill. Hundred percent. So we, I mean, we we started touching on these rookies, but Mike, I just want to get a quick feel. Again, you know, we talked about your portfolio. I always like to get an idea of how our guests approaches their dynasty rosters. Are you a win now guy? Are you like the progressive, uh, what is that called? Progressive struggle type of guy. What's, what's your uh, philosophy when you approach your, your dynasty rosters? So I like dynasty because I think more than redraft, you can try many different options. You know, you could, you could play to win now. You could play to win later. Even when you draft, you could focus on youth over talent. Um, but for me, I just I want to win. So I have a hard time when I see people drafting uh, some. Even even in new startups right now, I see guys that haven't been drafted yet. They don't have any landing spot. You have no idea who their quarterback's going to be getting drafted over guys like Allen Robinson who has proven that he could be a top 10 wide receiver with Blake Bortles with fucking Mitch Trubisky. So like for me, when I'm, if I'm doing a startup, you know, I want Allen Robinson and guys like that more than I, I'm, I want some of these wide receivers like Devonte Smith. I'm not taking Devonte Smith over Allen Robinson right now in a dynasty startup. So, I mean, for me, I think you just have to, you have to pick and choose where you want your youth. I think I like, I don't know. I, I just like to have some of these veteran players. I just think that you can get such good value when you draft with people that overvalue these rookies. So if you're drafting rookies straight up or if you're drafting the rookie draft picks, I just think people put way too much value in rookies and the draft picks. Um, and they undervalue players like that that will win you a championship on a consistent basis. And Allen Robinson's still only 27. That dude's got plenty of years left in him. I mean, so I, I just think you have to be smart. Just don't don't put too much stock in guys that haven't shown they can do shit yet. When you're, when you're leaving so much talent on the, on the bench there for, for your opponents to pick up. Um, but I do like, I mean, I did have one league where I had the first pick in the draft. I think it was in 2018 and uh, we were just drafting veterans. So I took Barkley one overall. And then my next like seven or eight draft picks, I just kept getting trade offers for and they were overpaying, like paying me way too many rookie draft picks. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to trade, trade, trade back and acquire all these draft picks. It's like now my team has, you know, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, you know, Kyle, Kyle Murray, Kyler Murray with Joe Burrow and Tua. And, you know, I also had so many picks that I traded for you know, McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Like, this team is so stacked, it's ridiculous. That was a fun team to build. It started with nothing, but I was able to trade the, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hype and an extra draft pick, turn that into Christian McCaffrey. Like, that's easy. I haven't seen Hilaire do anything. <laughs> and I don't know what this other draft pick is ever going to be, but I know what McCaffrey is. 
Well, I, I, I think I think a lot of the time, Mike, is is people don't seem to put into to place or realize that the guy that you're passing on, the proven guy that you're passing on, and and the guy that you're actually taking you're only hoping for him to be the guy that you passed on. And I feel like sometimes people forget that. Like you already have that guy. Why are you going for the like not so sure thing when you already have it? He's not going to, you know what I mean? Like unless it's a total different in in ceiling, but I feel like that's a a big mistake. And John says it right there. Proven talent heavily outweighs calculation, but people see that it's that box. It's that potential. Mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that promise that they just they they just want that you know what i mean so it's a gamble and i yep. get that and i think there's a time and a place to do it but if alan robinson's been proven to be a top flight wide receiver with garbage arms why why would you even just why would you even pass that up i saw somebody today talking about that he was sitting around in the sixth or seventh round of a startup and i'm like that's just that's mind-boggling to me. I'm, I've been a huge Allen Robinson fan, even when he was in the cage garbage time with Blake Bortles. He's so underrated. I mean, yeah, he's very underrated. He's always this, a winner. This, this guy right over here, definitely yeah. huge Allen Robinson fan. Oh, I went, I went leagues with him the last two years <laughs> easily. Like getting him for cheap too, man. It just blows my mind. Yeah. So and, yeah, you look at a guy like that. Does it? He doesn't even. He I, didn't even have a quarterback. You know what I mean? I, like, I am a reformed Allen Robinson hater. So JD <laughs> reformed me. <laughs> you know, it's the guys like Julio Jones that you, you know, maybe you want to take a risk on a rookie over a Julio Jones who is a few years older and broken down. But then again, someone's going to get great value if Julio Jones is is Julio yeah. Jones for a couple more years. So right. I mean, that's the fun of the game. You just have to know when to gamble. I just think some people gamble, and I've done it. I've had drafts where I've just put everything into rookies or these, you know, these just young, just give me the youth. Give me the youth. I'll I'll hope the talent shows up later. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's fun to try, but you can't, you can't, you can't win like that consistently. Mm Mm-hmm. You, st- you still got to get, you still got to hit, you still got it. Cause you could have done it last year and built yourself a nice roster, you know, got yourself some JJ, some CD, some JT, but you, you're probably not getting all those guys unless you really line yourself up. You see guys now on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, the one, two, three, the seven, eight, you know, it, it's, and they almost, do that. it happens. Yeah. It's almost as if, you know, NFL GMs struggling to, you know, identify talent and get their draft picks right. And then we as fantasy players think we're better than them. Um, well, here, no. here's, here's, here's the key. If you acquire all the draft picks, you're bound to get <laughs> yes. some of them right. Right, exactly. Right? You can't miss – you can't possibly miss on all of them if right. you have every draft pick. <laughs> but that's the key is volume. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're sitting there trying to take, you know, targeted – you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hit this guy and hit that guy and that's it. Good luck. Good luck I to you. I think you also, you know, on the flip side, if your team is, is a mess, yeah, like be prepared and be okay and be ready to jump ship. Yeah. You know, trade your guys and get value for the dudes that you have and, you know, learn how to build something from the ground up because, it might suck to play those games and to get your dick stomped, but you know, over time it should be fun to build that team. Um, you know, if you really like playing the game like that, 
that is another part of the game that that I know people love. People love taking taking orphans over that are just dog shit yep. and rebuilding them over time and just trading yeah. all their assets and acquiring draft picks and you know, so there is a time and a place where you can put all your all your eggs into those rookie baskets. But if you're in a startup with, with veterans, don't pass over guys like Robert Woods who is just gonna be a beast every year mm-hmm. and just be consistent every year for a yeah, guy that he doesn't look sexy on your roster when you can yeah, you know what I mean? But this hope in a box does, like this <laughs> hope in a box does, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's like that meme, uh, the family guy meme, you know, do we want the boat or you don't want the mystery box? <laughs> the mystery box can be anything. It could even be a boat. Uh, it could be a boat. The boat is back. <laughs> the boat is back, baby. The boat is back. I love it. That's a, that's the title of the show right there. The boat is back. So <laughs> let me ask you guys. Rookie, rookie fever is just going nuts. You know, oh, of, it totally is. Like, yeah. You know, it, 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 I trade it's my established star it. for – for a couple of picks and a lot of people are thinking like that. And I mean, I think that you got to sit back and realize the goal in dynasty is to win dynasty. League. It's not to have every good young player and to trade guys when they're at max value to get the next young guy. So think, yeah. uh, a lot of guys, uh, you know, they're just thinking they're going to get the next John Taylor and it just doesn't always happen. Right. I, yeah. I, I enjoy taking like making my picks and rookie pick when I've got my team built and I'm just, I want to add a guy at the end of my receiver core, my, you know, I need some depth at RB. Like I'm not, I'm not drafting a guy necessarily, unless I got the top two picks and I need a running back, like an RB three, RB four on a competitive team. Fine. But I'm really not depending on, on a receiver. Um, Theo, let me go back to you and, and maybe we'll go around on this one. General rule of thumb is you keep your draft picks until you're on the clock. That is the, the, the you know, the biggest value you're going to get. Um, and then the other way around, if you can buy those, those picks, you want to do it as far from the draft as possible. Where are like, what are some differences that, that you play with when it comes to, to draft picks? Cause I know Theo, you've been really active, uh, you know, building, whether it's buying orphans or your own dynasties where, where are you playing right now? We're a week before the draft. Uh, I know I have on, on a very competitive team, I have the 102. In the RB spot, I got JT and Akers and then like Penny. This is an FFPC and then loaded in the other positions. Now, you have a 102. Am I waiting until the, the rookie the, the rookie draft to move that for something proven? Am I just taking a Tien or you know whoever it is? Like I guess my point is, how closely do you follow these rule of thumbs when it comes to the draft picks? And what is it that you're looking to do one week away from the draft right now with the picks that you're holding, if anything, or the other way around when you're going out hunting for picks? So I don't, I don't necessarily um, adhere to the only move a draft pick while you're on the clock. Um, That's I've why I asked you success. first because I noticed. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, I've had some success moving, moving picks you know, a month out. Um, I think that sometimes – uh, people get, you know, six weeks, eight weeks out from a, a, a rookie draft and they might realize that they they have to change up their team. They have to rebuild. I'll look for teams like that in my league. Uh, I had one league where I have a, a nice looking roster for this year and I moved um, the fifth and the seventh pick and something else like a future third or future fourth. And I got Devontae Adams and I locked him up and, and I have, you know, so arguably a wide receiver one. Yeah. So I felt Damn. great about that one. Mm-hmm. The guy was in a rebuild and 
I said, listen, I'm, I, this is this is the move. Um, we went back and forth on a number of trades, and uh, I walk away with Devontae Adams. So I think that, you know, you've got to look at it for your league. Um, in some leagues, it's, it might be better to uh, to hold your picks, but if you have an opportunity to strike early, go ahead and strike early. And in terms of the uh, high pick, I, I generally think that that's the way to do it is to hold on to the very, you know, the the the, cr- the cream of the crop, the ones, the twos, the threes, where you have the Harris, the Eddie Ann, the, the Jamar Chases. If you're holding Kyle Pitts in the tight end premium, you want to hold that. But around this time, I'll make a couple of small offers. I offered the 102 for A.J. Brown. I was turned down, but I'm going to make a couple offers like that for, you know, the top-notch dynasty guys, see if I can't move the top pick for one of those guys and just be done with it. Um, that's the way I'd push it. But I, I don't think you always need to hold till draft day. I don't think that always applies. And on the flip side, a guy like Etienne, uh, uh, even a guy like Harris, their landing spot a week from now might not be as ideal as we're thinking. Um, there's a mm-hmm. chance that guys lose a little value. I don't think there's any chance that Jamar Chase loses value. I don't think there's any chance that Kyle Pitts loses value. I think those guys are Teflon. But when it comes to running backs, if they get drafted into a, a perceived split yeah. backfield, then they're, they might not be the 101. And those picks, uh, you know, become a little less valuable. So I think you've got to, I don't think you have to adhere to those rules. I think generally, historically, it's probably the move, but when the when the the time is right for you to improve your roster, that's the time you move. Always strike when the iron is hot, man. Mm-hmm. There you go. If you got to trade them, trade them. But I think a valid point he said is, if you're holding on to those early picks, you don't want to move them too far away from the draft because, you know, you I think you're going to get more for them as the draft gets closer. But if you're somebody who's trying to jump into the early portion of the draft, you might want to start throwing those offers out a little, a little sooner than, than normal. You know what I mean? A month ahead of time, six weeks at a time. And even just to let people know as, that you're interested, right? Yep. That. And as it gets closer to the draft, the value is going to be higher. So why not try to yep. get it for a little bit cheaper, long, long ahead of time. You know what I mean? Dan, where are you? Yeah, where are you I, I don't wait. I say trade your draft picks. If you you got them, trade them. There, do it. What are you waiting for? <laughs> yep, exactly. All right. Well, two things. I mean, first off, we got we got John here chomping at the bit to get in, and we got. Ah, oh, yes, nice. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So, uh, I guess he hit the right number of comments to get invited on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah, John, this is a perfect conversation for John to jump into. But, um, you know, he's muted. I don't know if he knows that. Yeah, Yeah, I just saw you guys kind of say, hey, you want to jump in? So I was, yeah, hey, have at it. Yeah, for sure. Welcome. So what you do you know, think I, about Drake? I'm right there with uh, with you and Mike. I mean, you know, I think you got to You got to start putting offers out now. You know, whether whether you've got picks and you're looking to move them or you've got players and you're looking to move them for picks, this is the time to start making those offers and, you know, see who's at least open to moving them, you know, because a lot of times you'll just get that flat reject, you know, and you can tell, you know, I'm not going anywhere with this guy. But, you know, other times you can you can find that that guy who's like, well, um, you know what, I want to wait 
till a little bit closer to the draft, but this is something I might consider, you know, and so you've got some valuable information now. And he also knows he's got a potential trade partner if he decides, yeah, I do want to make a move. So, you know, it's it's good to, to get out there and get those feelers out right now and find out who's willing to move, who's looking to, you know, shake things up. You know, one thing I'm looking at is I'm, you know, I know we're going to get into tiers and so forth here uh, in a little bit. But, you know, I'm looking at, you know, how the how the tiers are breaking down. You know, if I've got like the the, you know, the 105 and the, you know, the 110 or whatever, can I move that for the 103? Because I think that might be a good move because I think you're talking about the 105 and a lot of leagues is going to be, a, you know, if you're talking about a one quarterback league, no tight end premium, that's going to be a tier down from like the 103. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a lot of things like that you can do. And you just got to start thinking about your tiers. You know, things aren't going to break exactly. How do I get Kyle Pitts in that league? That's all you need to tell me. <laughs> right, one quarterback tight end premium league. What position do I need to get up to to get Kyle Pitts? There you go. So, yeah, I, but there's just so many, you know, there's so many different ways that you can move right now, and the and the best thing to do is just be th- throwing out the feelers. You know, maybe you get a deal done, maybe you don't, but just get the feelers out there. I sent out about 35 trades today alone. So <laughs> I'm a, I trade everything away. I have zero draft picks in almost every draft. I'm the guy who uh, I'll wait till year two when guys, when people are getting impatient with players they drafted, uh, you know, in the middle rounds. But I'm more of a guy. I really don't want to, the, you know, if I had that that first round pick or that early second round pick or even mid second round pick, I'm going to trade that away for as much proven commodities as I could possibly get depth at running back more of a uh, you know young receivers who you know who I can see have talent but you know are, are in bad situations right now uh, guys who I know have like I, I like I like having third round like mid third round picks late third round picks and fourth round picks just a couple of them you know like three or four so anybody that I had eyes on in the draft that falls down in the third round pick those I'll just sit back there and I didn't if, if it doesn't pan out it doesn't pan out but I only wasted a third round pick on somebody who I liked or you know somebody who fell so that's that's who I always that's what I always do with my picks I'm, I trade everything away I possibly can and then when, when guys have a full rosters and they have to, they have to import you know all the, all the draft picks they traded for, you know, they get, they, 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 they see that they had already picked, you know, two or three first rounders, two or three second rounders. And now they're going to have to either cut guys in their roster or get rid of these input inputted, um, you know, third, fourth, fifth round draft picks. They got, they'll, they'll, they'll trade those away for almost nothing when it comes draft time, or, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I'm always that guy. They trade everything away at first, get as much as I can and then reclaim things later on. Yeah. So, all right, guys, before we get into actual players, because I know, you know, right now, again, going into, we don't know where these guys are landing. So tiers are super important, right? Especially you want to take advantage before the draft. So we're going to get into individual positions and players and kind of where we see the breaks happening. John, I'm so glad you jumped on, buddy. Uh, Glad to have you on. Dan, before we we move on, we got to give a shout out to our our friends over at... um, Viridian Global, man. No, uh, yeah, definitely. I've got my True North on right now. I got my goat hat on. Um, like whether you're listening to our show, obviously we want you guys to support the show any way you can. Get your goat gear. But they got all kinds of goodness over there, man. If you're a fantasy football fan, if you're listening to, uh, you know, actually 
Mike, you've got you've got uh, I believe some some merch on the Viridian Global. There is some stoner merch on Viridian Global, and I've given them a few designs. One is the Brandon Ayuk, the Air Ayuk shirt, was something I suggested, and there's another one that they sent me the design for, and I haven't seen it up on their website yet, so I'll wait. Uh, actually, fuck it, I'll mention it. I, I like to call the Chargers the uh, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles um, <laughs> rather than the L.A. Chargers. Um, so nice. they made a, a San Diego Chargers of L.A. shirt um, that looks pretty cool. Uh, that so that'll be up there soon, too, yeah. Um, you guys are awesome. Chargers fans, old school Chargers fans will like that. Yes. Yeah, they they got all kinds of goodness. We got a we got a champ shirt one on one. If you won your league last year, it's got the golden goat on the front, nice long sleeve tee. We got hats like this one, caps, toques. Uh, you know, you want to get one of Mike's shirts. You got a you can get a, a picture of a Mike on a shirt, I believe, beard and all, flexing it. I know your wife will love you wearing that when she leans in to give you a kiss at night. Uh, <laughs> that's uh no man honestly those guys but even just what you're saying mike the fact that you give those guys ideas like they are such a quick turnaround because you give them ideas or you think about stuff i talk to will and mark you know often more will a bit because he's he's kind of more local for me uh but yeah man those guys will turn something around super quick so if you have an idea and you know maybe it's not on the site already I actually encourage you to reach out to one of those guys. I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll entertain your idea and, and even maybe uh, get something done with it. So check out viridianglobal.com forward slash collections, forward slash goat district. Get all your goat gear there. Goat gear there. We appreciate you guys uh, for supporting us. And we haven't forgot about our uh, our free or our, um, our hat draw for uh, the goat gear. So we'll announce that next show. I just didn't have all the information. I didn't want to do a draft early with and, and miss someone. So we'll uh, we'll hand it, handle that on the next episode. But guys, let's move into to the last uh, you know kind of the last section of the show here. Uh, you know, maybe what people came here for. We're talking rookies. I'll go to you first, Theo, because you actually broke this down nicely for us tonight. You you kind of simplified it, broken down my position. And when I looked at it, I was like, that's that's pretty much what you want to know right now because. You know, uh, Mike, you talked about a, a draft where you went and grabbed Barkley and then you had a lot of other picks that uh, were wa were wanted. You know, there was high demand for it. You managed to move them. In, in. I feel like in, in rookie picks, I, I like to kind of identify the pieces I want and I grab them, especially if they fall at a nice value. And then you can move other pieces. So if you know exactly where the right pieces are going to be or where they fall, where the tears break, I feel like you have an advantage when you go into these drafts. So let's let's start at my favorite position, the, the position we talk about the most on here, Dan. We often say it's like the weed stocks of fantasy land, uh, the, the running back position, just the just for whatever reason, my favorite position. But just the fluctuation of it, you know, uh, whether it's injuries or, or just the positional, uh, you know, competition at the position. So let's start with the RB4. I mean, can we all agree that the top three RBs have been clearly identified? I think so. I mean, yes. you know, we, we, we know who's likely to go top three in any any uh, rookie draft, for sure. So, so Dan, I'll, I'll start with you. If you're picking the top three RBs are off the board and you're seeing a nice value for your RB4, who is that RB4? I mean, 
right now it's really hard to, for me to say because right the draft capital the nfl draft capital is probably going to determine who my rb4 is uh you know in a in a vacuum i'm probably going gainwell or hubbard but you know it's not going to be a vacuum uh one of those guys is probably going to go up <laughs> not like that <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it, you know, and it could be Trey Sermon, you know, just as easily, you know, if, uh, if he gets some, some serious draft capital, that's the way I'm going. So, okay. so, so basically you, the, the, the biggest factor for you, and I mean, usually at the running back position, you're looking at where they're going to land before you, you make a decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, 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 uh, you know, if like, uh, you know, somebody takes Hubbard on day three and Sermon and Gainwell both go on, or, or day two and Sermon and Gainwell both go on day three, then Hubbard is going to be, you know, my RB4. Um, if all three of them go on day two, then, it, you know, it's going to depend on exactly where their landing spot is. Okay. John, so, where, where are you at on these RBs, man, when, when we're falling in the four spot? Yeah, Trey Sermon, I, you know, it's – Matt Waldman's number one running back in this draft class. Uh, JJ Zacharyson loves him. Uh, he's got the size. He's you know he's a just a pounder. You know he, he's he's uh, he could be a steal of his draft as far as I'm concerned. You know he's he's just great on the field. He just mm -hmm. he processes everything great. He sees. He just kind of shifts. He's just everything about him is. I don't think he's the number one running back in his class. I you know I do think he is probably number you know three or four. I still I I kind of. Uh, I, I think I would probably take, I'd probably take uh, Sermon even over guys like Javante Williams. And I was just maybe, gonna ask you that. You're that bullish, mm -hmm. eh? So he's uh, literally your third, your RB three. Yeah, I, I think he is my RB three. And uh, you know, I, 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 some people have, you know, some people are in a situation where, you know, they have Travis Etienne number one and Najee Harris number two, and you know, kind of the, that mix match of those top three running backs. But you know, I think it's Najee Harris number one, and then honestly, I, I would probably in most drafts I would probably take Trey Sermon number two. Hot take. John McGlynn, the Irish, the Irish assassin. All right, Theo, I'm coming to you, man. We we've got uh I think I think Dan agreed that uh Sermon could be a possible RB4, and then it depends on the landing spot. John's super bullish on him. Where are you right now on the RB? Well, I guess on your first RBs, and then where do you fall in the fourth? It's funny because I, uh, I had a team that I split with a buddy of mine, um, an FFPC team, and about maybe six weeks ago I said, you know, at the 205, we're taking Trey Sermon. That's it. But now it's looking like Trey Sermon stuck into the back end of uh, the first round. He's got a lot of steam, um, and the running back class is so thin but he's going to end up going at that like 112, 201 range um, for non-superflex. So I, I can understand what John's saying about uh, Trey Sermon. I think he's very safe in terms of if you want a hit guy, it seems like it's going to be very difficult for Trey Sermon not to have at least one running back two season in his NFL career with upside that he could do a lot better. But for me, the guy that I'm getting the most excited about in my back four is the game well. I think that I'd like to see him land on the right situation, but he's such a such a dynamic receiver. Um, he's 201 pounds. He he ran a 4.540, um, and he kept Antonio Gibson the slot. And we all saw Antonio Gibson last season, so 
I think Kenny Ginwell is uh is he stopped out a last season. Um, but if you go back and look at his highlights from 2019, he's explosive. He's going to help somebody right away as a receiver. And I think in today's NFL, if all it takes is one team to view him in a in an Eckler Kamara like role, and I think he could make a real fantasy impact. So I'm going to go Kenny Gainwell, but uh, Trey Sermon would be my my running back five. I think a cop out, and I think that uh, a week from now, Trey Sermon might be a day two guy, and this this might be a moot point. But right now, I'm Kenny Gainwell. Mike, where you at on this RB? Uh... Yeah, for me, it was either Gainwell or Sermon, but I, I lean Sermon just based on, I don't know, I'm, I'm a size guy, you know, size matters. And my running back, I want him to be a beast who can handle the load. And I feel like Gainwell and Carter, there's just, they might have that role as the pass catching back. And that's the NFL we have right now, right? It's not a, it's a tandem backfield. You're not going to have workhorse backs anymore. Even if Miami takes Najee, it's going to be him and fucking homeboy they already had, whose name just slipped my mind. Uh, what's that? Gaskin. Gaskin. Yeah, Miles Gaskin. It's going to be them too. You know, Gaskin's going to have a role. I think he did enough last year to earn a role. Um, and, you know, Gainwell and Carter will earn roles, but I like Sermon. And, and again, it, it really will depend on – I think where they land and he probably ends up going ahead of, of Javante for me, if he hits the right spot. Yeah. Sermon broke his collarbone, but he should be fine. Uh, you know, that it, it said it didn't need to be no, no pins or nothing put in his shoulder. So he should be fine with that. And then, you know, Gainwell set out, he's a forgotten guy because a lot of people haven't, uh, you know, seen him in a while. So I, it's, this is a tough position, but I, it's, Sermon's my guy. So. Yeah. See, what I like about Hubbard is if he'd come out last year, he'd have probably been, you know, he, he looked fantastic in 2019. You know, 2020 wasn't his greatest year, but, uh, you know, they, they, they had issues there on his team. They, they just weren't blocking real well. It wasn't a, you know, it was a down year for the team as a whole. And so, you know, I, I, I think Hubbard still got some real upside. Uh, you know, I think probably – it's going to be Gainwell and Sermon over Hubbard. But, you know, I think there could be a chance that a team really falls in love with Hubbard and uh, they, they put him up there in round two, maybe even round three. And, uh, you know, the, the, everybody says, wow, they really overdrafted him, but uh, they might be onto something too. Uh, I'm per, again, Dan, not to, uh, but I'm, I'm all over Hubbard. Like right now he's, you know, without knowing positions, he, he is my RB4. Um mm-hmm. I, I just – I think back to last year why I had so much James Robinson. Like, yeah. I'm not looking for a Deion Lewis when I'm drafting a running back. I'm not right. looking for, like, a guy that's going to sit on my bench and I got to throw in, uh, like, a Tariq Cohen. Or I'm looking for a dude that's going to win me a league. That's that, that can be a legit workhorse, like, you know, take over an offense, sits and, you know, ends up in the right position – and can literally take my team to the next level. That, that's what I'm looking for. If I can't get that in the draft, I'm gonna I'm gonna trade my pick away. I'll move back, and, and, and I feel like this year I'm probably gonna be moving back to get Hubbard uh, mm-hmm. in drafts because of guys like Gainwell and, and Sermon going ahead of him. It, you know, the fact that he's Canadian might be a little, yeah, just like a little, you know, just maybe a little bit maple chub. I don't know. I might have one right now. Who knows, right? But um. No, man, I, I just, again, 2,000 yards. Like, I'm not no, a – man, they're children I'm watching. 
<laughs> Oops. Um, no, man. I, I, again, two thousand yards in, in college. I'm, I'm not the biggest college guy, but I, w- I would imagine that's not a, a you know an easy feat. Uh, so 2020 to me, anything that happened in that year is. Um, I, I not that I can completely forgive it, but I give it a bit of a pass just because of the year it was, right? So if this guy did it the year before, came in the last year, and you know, Dan, you threw in some some reasons, and we can just think, uh, the, which with what we we've, we've lived in the last year, um, what effects were in there. Uh, I don't know. To me, he's got the highest upside when we're looking at these guys past the top two. I could be wrong. But that's that's kind of my home run hitter that I'm focusing on. I, I go into these rookie drafts, like I said, I, I'm I'm picking like two or three guys that I'm focusing on. Otherwise, I'm I'm probably moving my picks just because I like to prove it. I, I that to me, I'm that's what we're picking these guys for, right? You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense (laughs) Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy these trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I'll always be traded. And I'll always be traded. Traded. And I'll always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. Fish, fish.